Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. This show is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our good bishop, who's going to talk about some of the ministries happening, give us a peek behind the curtain, if you will, in the various departments within the diocese. Are you up for this, Bishop? I think so. <laughs> okay. I think I know the diocesan structure pretty well. <laughs> we recently we talked about the finances, which is you know where is the money going, uh-huh. but we didn't really talk about what those different secretariats do, the different uh-huh. offices, different ministries. So I thought we could break that down a little bit. I was looking on the website. There's a list of the all the diocesan curia, and I, I, maybe that's a, a sign in the first part that that this some of the terminology that we use in the diocese is different than you would normally use in a business structure. <laughs> I, I've never heard of a business having a curia or having <laughs> secretariats even necessarily. Well, that word curia goes way back before we had government departments and everything. People may have heard of the Roman curia and that's the, uh, okay. you know, all the departments and offices at the Vatican that support the ministry of the Pope. So for the ministry of the Bishop, he has a diocesan curia Okay. And that's all the departments and offices and ministries that, you know, serve and help the the bishop to be the shepherd of the diocese and therefore to assist our priests and people, uh, parishes and schools and everybody else. So it's the diocesan curia. And a lot of dioceses, including our own, have what's called a moderator of the curia. And in our diocese, I named Father Mark Gertner who is the vicar general, as the moderator of the curia. So he's the one who, because as bishop, you know, I'm all over the place in parishes and schools and et cetera, and the one who, you know, deals with more the administrative kinds of reports, et cetera, and supervision would be the moderator of the curia. So obviously Father Father Gertner is kind of like my right hand in that way. He's both vicar general and moderator of the curia. It's very common for the vicar general to be the moderator of the curia, and every diocese has a vicar general. The vicar general okay. really is kind of the representative of the bishop. And is that always a priest? Has to be a priest by canon law, correct. Okay. okay. We also have another vicar called the judicial vicar, also has to be a priest. And here in our diocese, it's Father Jacob Runyon, who also serves as pastor of the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. And by the way, Father Mark is the pastor at Our Lady of Good Hope in Fort Wayne. So Father Runyon would be representing me in all judicial affairs. For example, the diocesan tribunal, anything that has to do with canon law issues. And the third Episcopal vicar that we have is rather a new position that I created about a year and a half ago, vicar for clergy. And almost all dioceses have vicars for clergy, and we hadn't had one until recently. And that priest assists me in a lot of matters that deal with any of our clergy, priests, deacons, their continuing formation, the vocation director reports directly to the vicar for clergy, and it's Father Matthew Coonan, and he is a pastor at St. Therese and St. Henry Parishes in Fort Wayne. So he's wearing three hats, and he's a great assistance to me, helping and serving 
our clergy. So I'm really blessed with Father Gertner, Father Runyon, and Father Kunin. And then we get to the level of the secretariats. Now, by the way, there are some offices that report directly to the moderator of the Curia, the vicar general. But the four secretariats are all led by lay people. Okay. And just so you know, I also have, I think this, and then there are some that report not to the vicar general, but actually report directly to me. So we have this whole structure. It's important. I mean, obviously I can't have 20 some offices directly reporting to me. I, it would, that's just, you know, impossible to manage. It would, everything would be inefficient, but I do have an assistant in pastoral care Mary Glowoski, who also is our victim assistance coordinator, she reports directly to me, and that's really a great help. For example, in helping and providing assistance to uh, victim survivors of of abuse, mm-hmm. you know that they need to be close to the bishop's heart, and Mary does a great job in making sure that we are really helping and serving victims. I also have Monsignor Heinz as my censor librorum, so he reviews all texts, books, etc. that would receive an imprimatur from me. It's kind of an attestation that there's nothing contrary to the faith in the books. Mm-hmm. There's also the Office of Worship. Brian McMichael also reports directly to me because worship is so important at the center of our life. And there's a lot of boards in that, that the College of Consultors, Diocesan Finance Council, Diocesan Review Board, Priest Personnel Board, Presbyteral Council, the regional vicars, the six vicarious, they all report to me. So I do have direct reports. Catholic Charities, Catholic Cemeteries, St. Anne Communities, Catholic Community Foundation, all of those are separate corporations that report directly to me. But getting back to secretariats, as I said, there are four. I don't know if you want to, before I get to that, do you have any, am I going too fast? Is all this clear so far? No, yeah, this is this is good. Uh, you mentioned that the secretariats are run by lay people. Is that a necessity or could that potentially be a priest? Could be a priest, but really we need okay. the priests in the parishes and, and we right. have some excellent qualified uh, laity who, who lead these secretariats. So, And by the way, there are also some... Um, offices that report, besides the four secretariats, there's some others that are direct reports to the vicar general. The superintendent of schools directly reports to Father Gertner, the archivist of the diocese, because we have diocesan archives, and the diocesan museum. They're all directly under the vicar general. Also the director of human resources. And, you know, we have over 3,000 employees. So uh-huh. that includes all of our parish staffs, all our school administrators and teachers and staff. And the Safe Environment Program is a direct report to, to the Vicar General. And we have also the director of our pontifical mission societies, you know, like the propagation of the faith and, and the missions. That's a direct report to the Vicar General. <laughs> I'm starting to feel sorry for Father Gertner. Yes, <laughs> say a prayer for yeah, him. Well. He has a lot. Yep. 
But yeah, he's my my right arm. Yeah. Well, I want to hear more about the work that all of these different offices are doing, especially the Secretariat for Pastoral Ministries and Catechesis. I feel like that one's doing a lot of different things. So we'll talk more about that coming up on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit, member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives with products, services, and education. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it back to our members. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our bishop. We've been talking about the different offices of the diocese and some of the work that they do. And one of the things that you mentioned, Bishop, was the archivist. And I kind of wanted to circle back to that. What is that other than the museum? Would that include baptismal records and other sacramental records? Yes. I mean, they're separate. The museum is is a museum, so it has artifacts and and things that uh, sacred vessels and historical items. But the records are with the archives. And and the archives are, re, are located in the basement of the Archbishop Knowles Center in Fort Wayne. And the archivist has records of all the parishes and all the bishops through the years, correspondence. This is all important for historical purposes. I mean, we have letters written by our first bishops and minutes of meetings that they had through the years. Like you mentioned, sacramental records, if a parish closes, for example, I think we would have their sacramental records here in our archives. We have a lot of things that were like taken out of secular newspapers that have to do with our parishes or the diocese. They've been kept for historical reasons. It's very interesting. There's a lot of good information. And of course, we need to keep that. That's our historical patrimony. Okay. So we have historians and researchers who, who will call you know, and seek information. Do we have, you know, asking us if we have certain information and, and Janice Cantrell, who's our archivist, she's excellent. And she's always very helpful. When I, I usually ask for information when we're having a parish anniversary, like a hundred or 150 anniversary, I'll ask for information about the history of the parish and try to incorporate it into my homily. What I celebrate par uh -huh. parish anniversaries so I'll, I'll send down to Janice, like, do you have anything on such and such a parish? I'm going to be celebrating its 150th anniversary. About So if you have anything about how the parish was founded or, you know, when it began. And, you know, it's very interesting. I like history, so I enjoy reading those yeah. things. Some parishes have archives, too, for their own parishes. But some, you know, keep their, they'll send things here for us to store for them. Okay. All right, so was that all the secretariats? Oh, I didn't start the secretariats yet. So let me go through them. There's four, and the Secretary for Administrative Services, that's Joe Ryan. Joe is the chief financial officer of the diocese, diocesan finance officer. He's been in that position for many years, and I think a lot of people know Joe Ryan. He's so helpful to so many. So within that, that secretariat is our business office, which includes accounting and finance, budget, insurance, property management, 
information systems. So there's a lot in the business office. Also in this secretary, it would be Good Shepherd Books and Gifts, our bookshop down in the first floor, great bookstore and mm. gift store, Catholic bookstore in Fort Wayne on the first floor of the Knoll Center. We have a diocesan purchasing agency that falls under this so that, you know, if we're making purchases, let's say of, just give an example, computers or something, if we're going to, we have it centralized so that to buy 200 computers, we're going to get a lot cheaper rate than if every parish was just buying their own stuff, you know? So we have this, what's called diocesan purchasing agency. And just also operations, so that includes the maintenance and operation of the Archbishop Knowles Center, and we also have in Mishawaka, the St. John Paul II Center, and we also help, you know, with properties and parishes sometimes where they need extra help and the diocese can help in that. We have a budget committee, I think I talked about them at a previous recording, the Buildings and Improvements Committee. So all of that comes under Joe Ryan and the Secretariat for Administrative Services. Another secretariat is the Secretary for Communications under the leadership Mm -hmm. of Nicole Hahn, very able leadership, excellent. So all of our Catholic communications. We have a diocesan directory that's published every year. We have media and public relations that Nicole handles. We have seventh floor publications. Joshua Shippert does a great job. So all of our audiovisual work, et cetera. We have uh, Today's Catholic, our diocesan newspaper, which is also not only in print version, but a digital version. So we have a graphic specialist, our diocesan website, and a coordinator. We have advertising executive. We have office manager to take care of especially circulation. So it's a pretty pretty good-sized secretariat, but really important these days, communications. Mm -hmm. We have a secretariat for stewardship and development that's led by Jeff Bodicher. Again, he's very, very good, and as all our secretaries are. So our development office, you know, that runs the, the annual bishop's appeal, helps parish offertory, the Pentecost collection would be from operated on in that secretariat parish helps with parish stewardship and parish campaign consulting let's say a parish is going to have a capital campaign they can get some good advice from our secretariat also our schools and their development so again consulting and that office is at the St. John Paul II Center in Mishawaka it has a rather small staff but it's really its mission is to develop the resources that are needed to carry out the work of the church throughout the diocese. And we also have uh, an annual Bishop's Appeal Campaign Committee that works with Jeff. And then the fourth and final secretariat is is the Secretariat for Pastoral Ministries and Catechesis. It's a pretty large secretariat because, you know, when you think about pastoral ministries, there's a lot. (laughs) So Carl Lesch is the secretary for pastoral ministries and catechesis uh, very has been very involved in catholic education in our diocese 
So many things fall within this secretariat. I think, for example, Hispanic ministry, which has grown tremendously in the last, well, continues to grow for a few decades now. But even since I've been bishop, uh, we now have 16 parishes and we'll be soon adding a 17th parish that has Hispanic ministry. So that office is led by Esther Terry. It's wonderful, a lot, a lot of good work. Also, marriage and family ministry. So all the things with marriage preparation, marriage enrichment, ministry to families, that's led by Lisa Everett. She's served for many years in this position, and she has an mm-hmm. associate director. And, you know, it, it really is a uh, very busy office because there's a lot going on to support marriage and family. And also within that is pro-life and respect life activities and programs. Another is ministry with persons with disabilities, and that falls under this, as does deaf ministry. And Allison Sturm does a lot of work with, we're making sure that we're serving our faithful who have disabilities or family members with disabilities. We have a young adult youth ministry and young adult ministry, and that's under John Pratt, and they for example, are very busy right now organizing our diocesan pilgrimage to World Youth Day. But all through the year, John and his staff are involved in campus ministry, making sure that Catholics are being served on our college and university campuses, young adult ministry and parishes they support, youth ministry and parishes. There's diocesan activities, but a lot of support for the activities that go on on the local level. They can call John and his associate, his assistant, Jocelyn, for help. Our high school pastoral ministers, for example, are served also by John, the Diocesan Catholic Committee on Scouting. So there's a lot under that. And of course, youth and young adult ministry is a priority. Another thing that's there is the Office of Catechesis. That's directed by Jonathan Kaltenbach. So all those who are, we want to make sure that we have good catechesis in our parishes and in our schools. So a lot of formation of catechists happens through this office of catechesis, including our religion teachers in Catholic schools, but also parish religious education programs and adult catechesis as well, for example, through RCIA programs. Ecumenism, bioethics, and Catholic social ministry falls under this secretariat that involves our support for Catholic Relief Services, for example, or Catholic Campaign for Human Development, trying to combat injustice and poverty, and both on the national level through the CCHD, but on the international level through CRS, Catholic Relief Services. So, sorry if I forgot anybody. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on. This... Secretary for Pastoral Ministries and Catechesis specifically seems to have a lot of of things that are are helping your average parishioner. A lot of the other things might be more behind the scenes right. or might be administrative or helping the parishes. But of these things, how much of the different work of you know any of these, the youth ministry, the young adult ministry, catechesis, the persons with disabilities, all of these, how much of it is geared towards the person versus aiding a parish to be able to minister to the person. It's prime. Yes. It's primarily aiding the parishes 
and making okay. sure that they have the resources and assistance that they need. Because really the yeah. life of the church is primarily at the parish level or in our schools uh, as well. But there are times where we actually provide programming where we would have okay. a conference, let's say for all of our Catholic school teachers or all of our catechists. We'll provide formation, you know, classes, et cetera, for, for catechists, for example, or for youth ministers. Mm -hmm. So we kind of, I guess I would say, help to form the leaders. So that's what's happening on the diocesan level. But then they're actually directly leading these ministries in their parishes as youth ministry directors or as catechists or as young adult ministers. Even when you look at our business office, helping to train and assist parish business managers and pastors so we're really at this, on the diocesan level, it's at the service of the more local level. Now, sometimes, for example, we'll have a diocesan retreat, like I'm going to have diocesan Eucharistic conferences in Fort Wayne and South Bend in January and February, and that invites teachers, catechists, youth ministers, everybody, and I will help, I will give some talks on the Eucharist. So it's kind of like forming and training and teaching those who then actually work on the grassroots with the people in parishes. Right, right. So for somebody listening, it's like, wait a minute, the diocese has a Hispanic ministry office or there's deaf ministry or you know, there's a ministry for ecumenism and bioethics and things. We don't have anything like that at our parish is there a way that they can first? You should you should talk to your parish, talk to your pastor, mm -hmm. right? But if the, if they say you know we really don't have the resources to do something like this, is this something that the diocese could maybe help a volunteer to get oh, yeah. going? If they said we'd love to have a, a deaf ministry at our parish, oh, yeah, definitely. We do that a lot. I mean, we've helped parishes okay. get various ministries started, youth groups, for example, or any of the things that you just mentioned. I would also want to point out, because sometimes there's some confusion about Catholic organizations or ministries in the diocese, but they're not directly sponsored by the diocese. But, for example, Redeemer Radio, here we are. Mm -hmm. It operates within the diocese. It's Catholic, because I, you know, to have the title Catholic, you have to have the bishop's authorization, and I've obviously authorized Redeemer Radio to be able to call itself a Catholic radio station. But there are a number of groups like that in our diocese. I mean, think of the Christ Child Society, okay? That's a Catholic organization. It's a nonprofit, but it's it, they can call themselves a Catholic organization. We have Catholic medical guilds on both sides of the diocese. We have Corsillo. I mean, uh, just so many Franciscan Center, the Father Solanus Casey Vocation Guild. Just think of the Knights of Columbus. I mean, mm -hmm. we have a lot of parish councils and we have fourth degree assemblies of the Knights of Columbus. They're obviously Catholic, but they're not directly operated or sponsored by the diocese. So the Catholic apostolate goes beyond, beyond what the diocese directly operates. Marriage Encounter, I mean, we have retreat houses, we have our Sunday visitor 
you know, this this huge nonprofit corporate. Well, I shouldn't say huge, large nonprofit corporation publishing Catholic periodicals and and books and religious education materials and s- stewardship programs and materials. All these things, online giving, parish websites. That's a Catholic organization. I'm the chair of the board, and it's the largest English language publisher, Catholic publisher in the world. So I'm kept busy. And then we have the St. Yeah. Vincent de Paul Society, which we talked about in a, just a recent yeah. show, and both Fort Wayne and of St. Joseph County. I think I mentioned in the last show we have, how many did it, was it 17 or 18 parish conferences in St. Joseph County? And we have 23, I believe, in Fort Wayne. So all these are wow. Catholic. Women's Care Centers is technically not Catholic, but it's very Catholic-inspired. CYO is not directly operated by the diocese, but it is a Catholic youth organization. All right. Well, thank you for breaking that down for us. People can find a list of the different secretariats and the offices on the diocesan website. If you go to dioceseffwsb.org, they're all listed there, as well as like if people have questions about them, there's contact information and things like that. If you want to figure out you know, what resources there are for your parish or if you have a particular need as well. I know anytime I've approached, there's always been a lot of resources and a lot of helpful people that want to increase the, the ministries and, and help them out. So appreciate all of the, the work that you have to do to keep that, that ball running and, and for all the, the great staff and, and volunteers that make it work too. Yep. Yeah, it really is. It's our, uh, we have great employees and I am so grateful to all who are serving in our diocesan offices and ministries and secretariats. Many work behind the scenes. You don't see them in the newspaper a lot or anything like you might see me, and yet they're doing every day. They're serving the Lord and His church with so much dedication. So I can't thank them enough. Yeah. All right, well, thank you, Bishop. Can we get your Episcopal blessing before we go? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome, Kyle. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.